Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. And Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. It's always my pleasure to be here and share the call with you. It's going to be an exciting call today, so I'm looking forward yes. to that. Yeah, and actually, it better be excited, uh, exciting call. We better be on our game because the topic, Julie, is how to be motivated and focused every day. Right. So it's going to be hard for us to be sharing with them tips on being motivated if we're not being motivational. So let's make sure we're on our exactly. – we've both had a full cup of full-octane coffee. Agreed? Mm-hmm. You got it. <laughs> so before we get to today's topic, and again, guys, it's how to be motivated and focused every day. And this is something that we are going to be able to present to you on today's radio show uh, and we've condensed these points into three, my, uh, you know, three primary focuses, which I think all of you will be able to embrace and put into action immediately. And by the way, that is always the intent of this radio show. We want to make it so you guys can listen to us on the go. Most of you, 99% of you, listen to us on your mobile devices. And uh, really, we want to give you not only some, obviously, we want to motivate you, we want to educate you, but what we want to do primarily is we want to get you into action because the action is what actually inspires the motivation. The action is what inspires you wanting more education. Without the action, nothing else happens. So, again, um, we really appreciate all of you being such loyal listeners. It's pretty cool because it looks like we are going to get very close to 100,000 regular listeners by the end of this month. Now, that's amazing considering the fact that just, what was a few months ago, we were hovering around 50,000. The increase in listeners, guys, is coming from your sharing. We can track that. We see that you're sharing the radio show replays. Um, We see that you're sending them around to other agents, and we really, really sincerely appreciate that. It inspires us. It motivates us uh, to continue doing this and obviously do it at a higher level so we can provide you guys with more practical Uh, actionable items to put you into action, help you make money. So the topic of today's radio show, again, is how to be motivated and focused every day. Julie, before we get to that, anything interesting from your coaching schedule, anything you'd like to share with the listeners? I know you've had a handful of coaching calls today, and I've eavesdropped on some of them. Sounds like you were having some interesting conversations. Yes, very interesting conversations, all of them based on the value of being a great listing agent with maintaining your listing inventory. A lot of these listing agents that we've built over the months and over the years, they've gotten really good at it, but they're seeing their listings sell a little bit faster, especially if they're in a kind of a low inventory market. So one of the things that we do is we take their total number of listings they have, we see how many listings they sell per week, and we calculate exactly how long it will be before their inventory disappears. That typically motivates them to get cracking on their lead follow-up, their prospecting, their marketing, and build their listing inventory because you actually can calculate based on your numbers, making your business somewhat predictable, when you will become listless. And we don't want that to happen to any of our clients, future clients, et cetera, because as inventory drops for some of these guys, not everybody, then the pressure is on to maintain that. And you've got to really keep an eye on your numbers. So a lot of my calls had to do with that today. How about you? Absolutely. Well, same thing. And really, I'm trying to uh, – a lot of the – I've had some coaching calls with our coaches today, and one of the challenges that they're having is keeping their clients that are suffering through kind of a harsh winter, same as last year, yeah, motivated, right. focused, and letting, you know, getting them to be encouraged enough to realize that spring's just right around the corner. 
you know, a lot of people are kind of like, I think, kind of hauling themselves up and, you know, caving themselves in, waiting right. for the big fin, uh, spring fall. And guys, you got to understand, if that's what the state you find yourself in, if you're not already taking huge amounts of action, you're going to miss this year because really your year is determined by what you're doing now. Remember, guys, in most markets, the pay cycle for real estate is your initial contact with, say, a prospective seller or buyer. It can be three, four, sometimes six months before you actually get a paycheck. So if you're not actually doing a proactive or having proactive conversations, setting appointments, taking listings, pre-qualifying buyers, doing all that stuff now, you're not just going to hurt yourself you know, in the next 30 days, but you're essentially making it so you're going to have some lean months in the summer. So remember, the pay cycle in real estate, depending on your market, could be as long as 180 days. So please, please, please don't make the very you know, overly rot agent mistake of waiting until the spring tulips rise out of the snow before you actually start taking action. Do it today. All right, so we're going to get right to it. That, again, the topic is how to be motivated and focused every day. Most people become agents because they want – what do they want? Why did you become a realtor? Chances are it's because you wanted to be your own boss and have the perception of control of your own schedule. That's something that you um, hear a lot from new realtors. I was tired of having a boss. I wanted to do it myself. That's fine. And the second prominent reason that, uh, that you hear a lot of people saying they wanted to become realtors is they don't want to be told what to do or when and how to do it. You know? Again, kind of hand-in-hand hand with the first point, but that one's even uniquer because you don't have the um, – the idea is that you won't have anyone telling you what to do. You know, I'm getting into real estate so I can control my schedule. I'm getting into real estate so no one will tell me what to do. I can do what I do, want to do when I want to do it. And the third reason you hear a lot of realtors saying they want to get into uh, real estate is because they want to be financially well-off. If not just well-off, they want to be rich. In other words, they think that – uh, real estate is going to be the path to whatever their financial goals they have set for themselves and their families are. And it can be, but it's in direct conflict with the first two things, the two stated reasons that most agents get in the business. Now, 100% of you will accomplish the first two goals. You know, no problem. You are your own boss and you are in control of your own destiny at this point, especially when it comes to your utilization of time. But the last thing does not happen automatically. So the question is, is, you know, how is it that you get control of your financial future? And a lot of it comes down to what we're going to be presenting to you today. So if your goal is truly to be well off, if not rich, then you really got to focus on what you need to be doing on a regular basis to stay on track. So Write that question down. Do I want to be one of the 99% of the realtors out there who are just content with being my own boss and essentially you know, never having any sort of financial security? Or do I want to be one of the 1% of all realtors out there that has a business, that has financial security, that has predictable, duplicatable income, that is able to actually consider themselves rich and that their money works for them and they no longer have to work for their money? So, Julie, what's up? Your success is determined by these three things. Right. So you're, again, your success, and we're talking about not just getting by and not being told what to do and running your own schedule, but actually getting to that point where you would say you're well off, if not rich. Your success to that is determined by three things. These are really important, so make sure you write them down. Number one, your willingness to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Now, there's a lot in that one sentence, right? Most people stop with your willingness to do what you don't want to do. Well, there's a lot of that in real estate, right? There's negotiating with people that are kind of difficult to deal with. 
There's things like lead follow-up if you don't feel like doing it. All that kind of stuff where maybe you don't feel like doing your expired hunting today. You don't feel like it. You'd rather sleep in because, after all, you're your own boss. Nobody's telling you what to do, much less how to do it. So your willingness to actually overcome that and do what you don't really want to do when you don't want to do it, in other words, do the things you're supposed to do even though maybe you feel like sleeping in, and not only that, but you've got to do it at the highest level. I see this with creating listing agents, Tim. It's not just being willing to convert the lead and set the appointment and go on the listing presentation. It's doing it at the highest level so that not only are you just going to the listing appointment, but you're going to take that listing. You're going to add it to your inventory. You're going to get paid for your hard work. So again, number one might be the most important thing you hear today. Your willingness to do, underline that word, because it has to do with taking action, what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Okay, So that's a pretty big deal right there. And that, I think, Tim, really sorts out the people who are on their way, if not already, to being financially secure or rich. That sorts out the strong from the weak right there is that self-discipline of making yourself do it. So, but Julie, I, 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 don't, I thought I had to have passion to be successful. Oh I boy. thought I had to have some sort of, okay, well, let's, let's that's really... That's a can of worms, isn't it, right? Okay, and <laughs> we hear that, that all the time. Okay, so first of all, I usually tease my agents that say that, you know, do you know anybody who like passionately springs out of bed and goes, all right, I can't wait to get on the phone with a for sale by owner. Woohoo! Can't wait. Can't even, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip breakfast so I can start prospecting. I kind of worry about people like that. There's probably like two people in the country that are like that. It's unusual to just flat out have passion to do the things that you don't really want to do. This is why they call it work and not vacation. Your job is to have passion about what real estate and your transactions and your commissions afford you and your family. You don't have to have the most energy and enthusiasm in the world and just built-in passion to go driving 40 miles out into your market, into the wilderness, and take that bizarro listing. Okay, You don't have to have the most passion in the world to negotiate a short sale. You don't have to have passion getting on the phone to get a price reduction from your seller. It would be kind of weird if you did, wouldn't you think? But you can and you should have passion for what doing those things when you don't feel like doing them at the highest level and providing the highest level of service of anybody in your town, what that will earn you and your family. That's where the passion comes in. It's okay if you don't have built-in passion about real estate. I have people that do and I have people that don't. Most people are not naturally passionate about real estate. I asked them, you know, how many people do you think when you were in kindergarten and the teacher said, what do you want to do when you grow up? Did anybody say be a real estate agent? Probably not. We were all going to be doctors, firemen, and the president, you know, back then. So it's okay. Absolutely just let that melt away. It's okay if you don't feel overwhelming passion about your real estate practice every single day of your life. That would make you normal. Really, talk, talk a little bit about also staying on this first point because it really is I, sure. so critical that agents embrace this. Talk about the fact that a lot of agents only get results when they feel a certain way. Yeah, well, that's kind of a scary thing because they're allowing their emotions to determine their income. And if they did not work in a practice where they didn't have a boss and there was no accountability, they'd never get away with that, right? If you had, quote, a real job and you went rolling in going, you know, I just don't really feel like working today because I had kind of a bad day yesterday and I'm just not feeling motivated, you'd get fired, 
Okay. So it's only because you are an independent contractor that you get away with that in the first place. Okay. So work against only making money when you feel like making money. And this, this is actually kind of a weird mind trip to think about, Tim, because if you think about it, taking action, and I, and I always hear Rory's voice in my head, our old broker, that said, having a bad day, you know how you can cure it? Go take a listing. How did you feel then? You always feel like you're on top of the world when you're doing a lot of business. And yet sometimes you're not doing a lot of business because you're not feeling on top of the world. It's one of those chicken or the egg situations where the only answer to this, the only solution is to take action and then you'll cure yourself of that. There's an old quote, I can't remember who said this originally, but they said, when you pray, move your feet, meaning take action. So yeah, determining your income by how you feel on a daily basis, not really a business plan. Well, point one and point two really go hand in hand. That's the reason I wrote them that way. I mean, your willingness to do what you don't want to do at, when you don't want to do it at the highest level, that's critical. And, you know, the second point being embracing the fact that repetitious boredom pays off, you know, that's the next point we're getting to. So, Julie, what do we mean by that? Embracing the fact that the repetitious mm-hmm. boredom pays off. Yeah, repetitious boredom pays off. This is in terms of both marketing and prospecting and lead follow-up and lots of the things that you do in real estate. So if you think back, if you look at what you have pending right now, or if you don't have anything pending right now, your best month that you can remember, what created that business? It was probably the repetitious boredom of your work 60 or 90 days ago. Not working today and embracing that repetitious boredom, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, really what you're doing is you're you're ensuring that you're not going to have a commission check 30, 60, 90 days from now if you don't embrace repetitious boredom today. It's normal in a work situation, a non-vacation situation, that you're going to have some repetitious boredom. That might constitute, you know, one of the things that our clients are doing right now is cleaning up their database from last year. They're updating their center of influence list. That's kind of repetitious boredom data entry, doing some calls, seeing who moved. Even your lead follow-up, where you go through 10, maybe you've got 10 internet leads that you need to embrace and find out what's going on with them, that can be boring. You're using the same script over and over. You're using your pre-qualification scripts. And especially this, I think, really, Tim, this shows itself both with our newer agents, but especially with our grizzled veterans that just kind of get bored sometimes. And they forget that it's the repetitious boredom that drives their income. You should embrace repetitious boredom. Sometimes when we, were, when we had our real estate office, we had that posted on our wipe-off board, repetitious boredom pays off. And we used to, some days we would call it working in the coal mine, where it just seems like you're shoveling all the time. And are you getting through that tunnel? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel or not? But I'll tell you, if you don't embrace repetitious boredom, you're ensuring that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Does that make sense, Tim? Yeah, and this all goes back to the fact that most agents get into business because they don't want to have any accountability. They don't want to feel like they have any, mm-hmm. a, a boss. And, you, and so as a result, they have neither. They aren't their own bosses, or at least they're not holding themselves accountable to doing certain things. And so it becomes a lifestyle. This, this, what happens is this kind of mindset of not doing what you're, you know, essentially doing the easy stuff, not, not doing the stuff that you don't want to do, waiting to feel a certain way before you actually do anything, you know, avoiding anything that's boring, all those types of things, that starts to make its way into other aspects of our lives. 
you'll you know see the and this is the next point by the way so I'll just go right into it you must know what your personal point number 3 you must know what your personal early warning signs are now what in, what are early warning signs and here's just a quick analogy those of you in California will certainly understand this seismologists so you know these scientists that study the movements in the crust of the earth and to determine basically if there's going to be an earthquake. And if there's going to be an earthquake, how big of an earthquake it's going to be. There's tremors that go on constantly on the surface of the earth. And then, again, these seismologists can look at what? The frequency of these tremors, the intensity of these tremors. And based on that, they can ascertain how big of an earthquake, if there's going to be any sort of noticeable earthquake at all, right? You guys are familiar with this. It's, you know, earth science class and probably the fifth grade. So the reality of it is, is we have certain, uh, you know, we can be our own seismologists of our own selves to determine if we're starting to show any uh, early warning signs of having some sort of, you know, big cataclysmic uh, earthquake of our own, of our own creation, by the way. And so it comes down to the mastery and the acceptance of you have to have three to five things that you're going to do every single day, and you're going to do them at the highest level every single day. Now, these three to five things, here's the idea. You have to have those things written down on a piece of paper, posted on your wall, and you have to write above it, these are my early warning signs. If I'm not doing all of these you know, at the highest level, I'm setting myself up for uh, some sort of big incident. And that's what happens, guys. So, so we'll give you an example. You know, I, we started today's radio show out by talking about the fact that there's, depending on your market, there's a, from an initial contact to actually receiving a paycheck, there could be as long as a 180-day cycle. And I hopefully maybe rattled a few cages when I reminded you guys that if you're not making contacts right now, that means you're going to probably be not having any money in June or July, right? That's the typical cycle of how it actually works. In some markets, it might be 90 days. Again, you have to know how quick your inventory is turning in your specific market. So... One of your early warning signs might be, depending on what your business plan is, that you have to make three to five or maybe ten contacts per day. Contacts with your centers of influence and past clients. Contacts with, you know, expireds and, uh, you know, FISBOs, as they're traditionally called in our industry, but we call them unrepresented owners. So when you have a specific business plan that requires that you make a certain number of actual overt direct contacts, with prospective clients every single day. If you don't do that, that's an early warning sign that, again, sometime in the future, you're going to pay the price for it. Julie, what's another um, typical early warning sign? Total disregard for any time management of any sort. And that can start with hitting the snooze button repetitively in the morning. That can have to do with going to your email and things that are just distracting and kind of look like work, but if we're being honest, are not leading to a paycheck. So seeing your time management go out the window, and sometimes that means just across the board. Other times it means you know you're supposed to be following a schedule and you know when you do it that you make money, but you're just a little burned out, so you decided to sort of blow off your morning and get to work around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So anything that's like that having to do with things that are not really dollar productive but look like work. And there's a lot in real estate that, that looks like that. You know, you could spend endless hours just searching in the MLS. It looks like you're doing something. If your office manager walks by, it certainly looks like you're being productive. So that's an early warning sign is not being focused on the things that actually lead to a paycheck in real estate. And there's only six of them, lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. That's it. 
So if it's not on that list, especially if it starts with the word tweaking, you might have an early warning sign that you're falling off of your own income wagon here. So I think that's part of it, Tim. And I think there's other things too, like physical manifestations, letting yourself get overweight. That is a discipline I, I've got to find. I think you, you probably have some good examples of this too. It seems that our coaching clients who are really great on maintaining their physical goals, whether that's walking for 20 minutes every morning or going to the gym, what have you, they tend to also be very good on things that make the money in real estate. It's almost like it's the same part of their brain is my suspicion. What are your thoughts? Well, exactly. But it's all the discipline of essentially doing what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level. And oftentimes, I mean, Julie, <laughs> you and I get up early in the morning and we exercise every morning. Uh, in the past two weeks, how many mornings have, when the alarm's gone off, have you actually felt like getting up and going exercising? Zero. It is the very definition of having to do something when I don't want to do it at a high level, when I really don't, absolutely don't feel like doing it. But we yes, do it anyway. We, if we do it anyway, yeah. Because why? Because, you know, we practice what we preach, and we hold ourselves accountable to a minimum level of exercise every day. And even on a grander scale, Julie and I are very attentive to make sure that, you know, we keep ourselves in optimal health, and so we monitor all the other, you know, important things that one would monitor, their weight and, and so forth. And those are our early warning signs. So if we find ourselves, you know, not exercising every day, if we find ourselves not paying attention to the other things, in the physical category of life, and Julie, what are the five areas of goals for one's life? Financial, physical, spiritual, educational, and family. Right. So if we find ourselves, you know, sliding in one of those categories, then it's a surefire sign. Now, guys, listen, you're, uh, we're your business coaches. Our primary objective is to make sure you're making money, staying focused, building a business, being of service to other people. But we're not, you know, turned off to the fact that obviously to have a real balanced life or having a resemblance of balanced life, you have to have other categories as well. So I'll pick on another one, educational, for example. Um, Virtually all of our coaching students are focused on reading at least one or two books per month. Or, you know, when I say reading, sometimes it's listening to from audible.com or whatever. So, right, if they find themselves where they've let a month go by and they haven't consumed a book, well, then they know they're not staying true to their original educational goal. And when you're setting that specific goal, you should go ahead and choose the books ahead of time that you're going to be reading or listening to and write them on a piece of paper and scratch them off after you've actually listened to them or read them. And guys, keep it focused on what you're reading, keep it focused on self-improvement, and keep it focused on helping you build your business, because then you'll be essentially creating your own virtual mastermind of people that are reinforcing the path that you're on. You know, Julie, you've got family goals that are very clear-cut. Talk to them about that. Yeah, so, and it's, you know, it's not just me, it's also my coaching clients. We talk about this. Family goals can be something as simple as what I do. I make sure that I call my parents at least once a week. We don't live in the same town as they do, so it's important for me to do that. I try and send them at least one video of, of Zoe every day so they can see her growing and walking and talking and doing what she's doing. So I've also had coaching clients, especially we have a lot of clients that have a lot of kids, and you know that's great. They set a goal where they say at least three days a week we're going to sit down and have dinner as a family. A lot of them have that goal. Some of them, one of their goals is to start homeschooling. I hear lots of different things. Whatever is most important to you, the important thing here is that you've thought about it, you've discussed it with your family, you've set it as a specific goal, and you're implementing it and sticking to it. Because remember, Tim, the difference between somebody having a dream, like, you know, it would be nice to have more family time. That's just a dream. That's something a lot of people say. Versus a goal, which is measurable, specific, 
time-dependent, written down, and posted, that makes the dream a goal, which is a dream with an action plan, meaning you're taking action, you're implementing. So that's the difference. If somebody says, my goal is to start having dinner as a family, well, how do you implement that? You decide which days, what time of day, who's going to fix the meals, who's going to set the table, and you actually implement that. Not so different than deciding how you're going to handle your lead generation or anything else in your real estate practice. So the interesting thing, Tim, I think is when people take the time to do the goal setting and put a plan behind it, it starts to affect everything they do because it becomes really difficult to be disciplined in one thing but let another thing slide. Is that what your experience has been too? Absolutely. And, and you know, so uh, guys, remember, financial, physical, spiritual, educational, family, those are kind of the uh, goal orient. Those are the main goal categories of most people's lives. And when you're choosing what your three to five minimum standards are going to be, start with those thoughts of thinking, what are my you know, financial minimum standards? What are my physical minimum standards? My spiritual, my educational, and my family. Now, you don't necessarily have to have minimum standards in every one of those categories. Don't think that that's what we're asking you to do. But in order for you to avoid earthquakes and, and have you know, basically in your life and in your business, you really truly have to be sensitive to the fact that it, once you say, for example, you're going to exercise every day and you don't, well, that's an early warning sign. When you say you're going to set an appointment every day and if you don't, that's an early warning sign. If you say you're going to you know, basically have a better relationship with your family and you find yourself not having dinner with your family, that's an early warning sign, you see? So enough early warning signs are the same thing as enough little tremors from your, seism your seismology graphs, if you will, and then that's going to lead to potentially a very harmful episode somewhere in your future, financial, physical. You know, guys, don't make it so that you're going to allow this year, which should be your best year, not just in your business but in your personal lives as well. Don't let this get by you. Take responsibility. Write down what the three to five things are that you are going to now hold yourself accountable to as a minimum standard. Write those on a piece of paper. Post them everywhere. And check yourself against those things every single day. Now, I'm going to give you guys two homework assignments from today's uh, radio show. Number one, and I know a lot of you guys are uh, loving this service, and I certainly do as well. I want you guys to go over to mojocells.com. Mojocells.com is a fantastic system for those of you who are ready to actually be proactive about taking listings. We've interviewed the owner of Mojo Sells before. Great company, great product. Definitely check that out. And the second homework assignment is I want you to write down three to five of your own personal uh, minimum standards. Write down what you are going to hold yourself accountable to and post those at least in your office, but ideally everywhere. Glance at them and actually ask yourself, am I doing these three to five things? Am I actually, and they have to be very specific. Don't do big sweeping generalities. You know, did you exercise for half hour today? Uh, did you tell your wife and your kids that you love them today? Did you? You get the idea. So they have to be very, very specific things. Over general that you can't really hold yourself accountable to, well, then you're just going to be like 99.9% .9 of the other realtors out there that basically have no accountability, don't have a boss, don't have any specific plans or goals, and as a result of that, they never accomplish the third major goal that most agents state that they have of being financially well off. Embrace the fact that you guys are in the right place at the right time. Embrace the fact that we're at the very beginning stages of what's going to be a 10-year bull run, one of the best real estate markets of our lives. 
and do something about it. Take action on it. If there's anything we can do for you, go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, or just hop on over to timandjulieharris.com and enroll in one of our coaching programs. In the meantime, we sincerely appreciate your time on the radio today, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.